There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Oh, breath of chance. Brighten the embers of this evening, and as they find flame, might they catch in their light the step of my dear friend on the stair, with four bottles and a two-quart jug to pour. Let us hole up in the velvet snug, and cast our cares to the hearthside, and catching a light, may those cares fuel tomorrow's talk. And on and on, into a warm eternity, here in the moon underwater. makers, water mooners, and regulars here at the Moon Underwater. Oh, it is tooth by jowl. It's hugger mugger here in the Moon Underwater this evening, Robin. Yes, it's nature red in, red in tooth and claw. It is nature red in tooth and claw, but in a sort of nice way. Oh, yeah. Like a, a, a lovely red card with a heart on it and a claw motif. Yeah. Sort of red in tooth and claw in that fashion. Yeah, sure. Or yeah. like a hawk sort of hovering above a field. Yeah, but it's not looking to devour a mouse. No, it's, it's just hovering because it likes it. Yeah, it's, it's just... <laughs> yeah. It's actually hovering to seek out a mouse that could potentially be in danger yes. and, and move it onto higher ground. Yeah. Where the mouse can have a better view of its attackers and... <laughs> gain a strategic advantage yeah or you could have a little ride on the hawk's back oh mm. oh wouldn't wouldn't that just be perfect the hovering mouse to see a little mouse riding on a hawk's back yeah steering it through the thermals oh god now you're talking oh and then and then then the the, the mice mouse my yeah would would sort of just gently tug on a feather to the left or a, f- a feather to the port. Uh, yeah. And like, like uh, yeah. 
Um, kind of like a drone in a way. Like a drone. Yeah. Nature's drone. Nature's drone. The hawk. Yeah. And um, and steer an entire fleet of hawks back to the the mouse sort of metropolis. Mouse. Yeah. And all of the mice would have their own hawks, hawks to ride. Yeah. But the th- yeah. But hawks need to eat. Mm. Yeah. It's never going to happen. No. It's a, lovely, it's a lovely image. It's a lovely image. And it's a lovely way to relax. It is. And what, what do you make of the moon underwater this evening? Because it does... Now you've mentioned hawks, I can sort of feel the breath of the hawk's wing <laughs> in the moon underwater. Yeah, you're quite right. It's, it's, it's more than a draft. It's less than a breeze. Hmm. Uh, but it has the, the scent of a hawk's underwing. A gust. There's a gust. There's a gust. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Robin, the moon underwater has revealed itself once again within the heart of greatness, <laughs> within the 24-carat gold pub emporia mm. that is the Dagda. And how does it feel to be back here again? Oh, stunning. I love it. Yeah. I mean, as I said last night, it's quite strange to be in a place... We're used to being on your own, mm. in solitude, but with everyone staring at you. Mm. It's like a weird dream. It's also weird to be back in a place that, that you were in last night and now there's no Black Isle Blonde because you yeah. drank it all. I did. I did. I mean, you did literally drink it all. I had a good go at it, yeah. And you, you <sighs> paid a heavy ransom. I did, yeah. yeah. I did. My eyes hurt. Did they? Yeah. <laughs> You also had a couple of whiskeys. Oh, I did. Yeah. I did. Well, I mean, we had a chat before uh, the moon underwater revealed itself in the Dagda yesterday. Mm. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to drink before the show starts. And you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah totally, totally. <laughs> and, and I came in here at half past five with sort of an hour and a half to go. And you were halfway through your first pint. Wow. Yeah. And I thought, here we go. Yeah, it was here a good go. I think I tried to pack in a kind of fringes worth of drinking in one night. Yes. Which was bad. Yeah. yeah. But um, I had a lovely chat with Andrew O'Neill about Satanism, though. He was here last night. You did. You did. You Andrew O'Neill, the comedian, not the kind of the, the, that broadcaster with the weird, weird that, hair. That's Andrew Neil. Andrew Neil, right. Sorry, yeah. Imagine if you'd had a chat with Andrew Neil about Satanism. Well, he's probably got a few interesting things to say about yeah. it. And Ian Rankin was here last night, wasn't he? He was. Mm. Ian Rankin. He uh, was just putting all his favourite artists in order. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that was a bit made me feel sad when I said that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Robin, have you noticed what's going on outside in the correct realm? Um, sort of, if you, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at improv. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes no, and? I, <laughs> <laughs> well, Robin, the food stalls are out. Oh, yes. On the streets and the cobbles and all of the local pastry folk, mm. all of the local brewers, all of the local distillers, yep. the sandwich, sandwich makers, the, what? the sandwich makers, yeah. the cheese swains, oh. a lot of the uh, herdsmen and yeah. udder tweakers <laughs> um, are there with their milks. Uh, the uh, the 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 um, the granary of scent oh, representatives, yes, uh, and they're selling various different flowers. Mm. Uh, not to mention the florist is here. Yeah, um, they they share a stall, and um, actually, and uh, the the local um, uh, uh, 
the local uh, the local cobbler. Oh, the, why? why to reheal people's shoes because ah. there's so many food stalls that by the time you walk to one end, you're on your uppers. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and chief amongst the food stallers, yes. is a very special man, mm. a very special guest who all eyes turn as he passes. Yeah, as he selects a small cube of cheese from the free cheese dispensary mm -hmm. as he smells a hunk of sourdough, as he casts his eyes askance on the various sausage rolls because everyone wants his favor. Mm. They want to be in his good books yep. because if you cross him, he will destroy you. <laughs> <laughs> and he has he's got his little ha <laughs> he's got his little handkerchief tied around his uh, stick full of cheese and hunks of bread and sausage rolls and he's brought his bounty into the moon underwater ladies and gentlemen please welcome the snack hacker himself George Egg oh Oh, I've, I've, I met a mouse out there who just told me the most unbelievable story. <laughs> was he at the cheese stall? He, yeah. he, he was at the cheese stall. Yeah. Helping himself. Oh. Uh, well, he's helping him send. It's, it's, it's helping him send. Yeah. He's got free reign. George, I cannot tell you what a delight it is, not just to have you in the moon underwater, but to have you in Le Dog de... Um, <laughs> as, yeah. as the French call it, uh, das Dagd. As, we're, uh, we're back in the Dagda. We're back in the Dagda. Il Dagliani. In Dagda. <laughs> <laughs> um, <so, laughs> because we've been in this pub together so many times over the years. Hashtag fringe memories. Such fringe memories, and not for the last three. So it's no. Yeah. And we've sat over there. We've sat over there. We've sat here. I think we've sat everywhere in I here. I think we've sat on every yeah. seat in here. Definitely. Um, so it's a pleasure to have you here because um, George and I are fringe flatmates, aren't we? And we have been every year we've been Since up. Since 2015, yeah. Since 2015. So many nights we've spent um, in the Dagda, but also in lots of other pubs. But I wonder if you could bring people up to speed, George, before we create your dream pub, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, from street performer to comedian, to anarchist chef, to snack hacker, the George Egg story. The whole thing? <laughs> no, I mean, condense it down into about sort of 90 seconds. A montage. A montage. Um, well, I, I started doing uh, street performing when I was still a student because I was working in a pub and I thought I'd rather earn more money and I used to watch the street performers at Covent Garden and thought, well, I could do that. They call it the cash machine of the street, don't they? <laughs> they do. Do they? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's come up since... To, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm 49. I'll be 50 next you year. Can be, you're nearly 50, Len. <laughs> <laughs> Might be nearly 50, but... Um, uh, and uh, so, yeah, maybe the cash... I think cash machines were probably in their infancy when I was a street performer, because I was okay. only about 17, 16, 17. Um, but I did that uh, for a while. I stopped working in the pub, did did a, a, a street performing show. But how do, you, how do you go from working in a pub to doing a street performing show? I mean, I've seen street performers and I, I mean, I can tell it's really easy. Because um, <laughs> what you do is you, you erect a ladder, uh, tell people 
for 20, 30 minutes that they should be excited that you're going up the ladder. Uh, then, you, then you take an empty tennis racket with no strings, put it over your head and shoulders, then spend 20 minutes telling them they should pay you 10 pounds. I then mean, demand a round of applause, and you're a millionaire. Well, you are, you are right to an extent, although I know while you look, look upon street performers with frowning eyes... I just think if you take the average street performer's set and were actually to sort of block it out, the vast majority is telling people that they should be applauding and giving you money. I, th I think that well, the, the majority of it is... Well, the thing that was tricky... So I did street performing, and then I started doing stand-up, and it was really difficult doing both at the same time because the whole uh, kind of approach is so contradictory. So uh, street performing uh, is about not doing something for ages so that people don't walk away. Yeah. But keeping their attention and keeping them entertained because people can walk away. So, I mean, you know, to be a good street performer, you have got to hold people's attention. If all you are doing is saying, I'm going to do this in 20 minutes, then people will walk away. So there is a lot of skill there. And then doing the, the trick at the end and getting them, getting well paid for it. So did you, did you used to do the joke, get, get the money out, fold it? Yeah, I did. Oh, uh, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I, it's I, not, I like it's that. not as funny anymore, really. Cause, you know. No, well, because of it. And I think, to be honest, these days, I'd imagine there's a lot of... Uh, contactless. A lot of contactless. Pen, but yeah. I, think the, I think the joke is, if you've got any loose change, oh, fold it up. Fucked it up, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah you <laughs> fucked it up. This is why I could never do That's it. That's why you're not a street performer. I know. But no, but so the thing is, I did, I did that. Uh, and then I was doing uh, stand-up gigs, and and the whole approach of that is completely. That's about walking on and doing stuff just straight away. And and you know, there's no if you start kind of dithering and 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 telling people oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a joke in a minute, then you know it's not gonna work. And, <laughs> yeah, and so it might be quite good <laughs> opening line to be like, hey everyone, thanks so much for coming to the show. Uh, I'm gonna tell a joke in about five minutes yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. First of all, let's try and get some more people in here. With yeah, a round that of would actually be quite a good set, though. To be fair. Like probably anti-comedians do that, you know. But anyway, so, so I, d I found that I was doing. <laughs> Sorry, Robin. I, I had a, that was like I was all being rude, but I wasn't. No, it's a good example um, of anti-comedy there as well. <laughs> if you, uh, thank you. But anyway, and so I was trying to do both and finding it really, really difficult because I was doing like paid street entertaining gigs, and they were saying, "Oh, you're too indoorsy. You're too, you know." not rude necessarily but just kind of a bit more comedy clubbish and then likewise doing the comedy clubs they were going it's a bit street entertainery so i just thought well i'll do one or the other and i'll 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 move indoors so i right. just stopped doing any street entertaining and started nice. doing stand-up but were you were you juggling fire or were you balancing a, a glass sphere i was doing uh magic magic i was doing kind of like gruesome ma like i banged a nail in my face and oh, i did the trick stuff. where you eat the razor yeah. blades and pulled them oh, out and that wow. sort of thing yeah Holy yeah, cow. and then I used to have a finale, which I did indoors for a long time, where I, to a piece of music, hung a coat hanger through my earring hole, and then hung all my clothes on it. So I was naked, but all the clothes were hanging down in front of me, and then I turned around and walked off. So they oh, saw my bum. Good. I saw you. I've seen you do that. Yeah, I it's amazing. I mean, I, I mean, I don't. I haven't done it on stage for, you know, I don't know, fifteen years. Apart from Glastonbury, I'll occasionally do it there in a late night cabaret. But, <laughs> and. Yeah. So we met when you were doing, when you'd moved from street performing to comedy gigs. You were doing the yeah, circuit. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't done street performing. And some of, the, some of the best uh, visual jokes I've seen, I always remember from your set, so George would come on with this enormous suitcase. It's huge. You had it specially made, didn't I you? I made it. You made it. Yeah. It's like six, what, about five foot wide? 
Uh, it was, well, here's a funny thing. So I've, I've had two giant briefcases. So, well, basically what I did, I'd, I'd start by, by bringing out a normal size briefcase and getting a bowling ball out of it. It was a magic trick. And then I'd go off and come back on with a giant briefcase. Everyone would be oh, saying, you know, what's it going to get out of there? But I, I, me and another comedian called Martin Sohn built our fir the first briefcase. Uh, and I built it to go in the boot of my car, not realizing that the car I had at the time was, had quite a capacious boot. It was a Saab 9000. Mm. And uh, so anyway, when I got rid of that car, I suddenly realized that the case didn't fit in the boot anymore. And I was having to like go around. Well, in fact, I, I, I was looking at cars and I was thinking I'll get a VW Passat. And I went round near where I live looking for similar cars to the ones I was going to buy, Passats, and putting notes on the windscreen saying, would it be all right if I came and tried to get my giant briefcase <laughs> in the back of your... Passat and someone got in touch and said yeah you can and I went and saw oh, it fit and then, yeah. <laughs> but anyway that that uh, I realised that that case was too big to take on aeroplanes without a lot of faff and you know excess luggage size big luggage um, so I made another one which is still massive but just like millimetres within the limits of what you're allowed to take on a on a, an aeroplane and how then because I think when we met, I didn't know you as like a, I knew somebody who's like food, mm. but I wouldn't have never have thought you were sort of any sort of chef. Yeah. So how did, how, how did you then get to where we are now, which is George Egg Snack Hacker and anarchist chef at the uh, Edinburgh Festival? Uh, well, I, I, I've always been into cooking for as long as I've done, you know, comedy and well, since I kind of grew up, I, I got into cooking and, um, and I would say about eight years ago, I had a real, uh, just getting fed up with doing the comedy circuit and thought, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do something else. Maybe I'll open a cafe. Um, and I'd been doing, just for fun, I'd been cooking in hotel rooms and making little videos of it just for something to do as a sort of creative pursuit and putting it on So as an, ex as an example, you did a YouTube video where you make uh, tortellini in a in a... Uh, hotel just room in a kettle. hotel room kettle and, and then made a sauce that and you proved the bread under the lights in the hotel room oh yeah room. yeah I forgot <laughs> about that yeah using a Gideon Bible to get it near to the halogens yeah, yeah. <laughs> as you do and, the, and there's one on the on an iron as well that was a yeah I made, well then then uh, so I was making a muffin so I um, shall we let that go by <laughs> go on oh, he's off um, uh, yeah, I, uh, so the, the dough I was proving, under, which I then made muffins and cooked those on an upturned iron mm. between two rolled up towels. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so I'd made these little videos and uh, and I was doing this big Christmas show in London, Nine Lessons and Carols for Godless People, it was called at the time, run by Robin Ince. And I'd done a few of those kind of doing just, just chunks of my show. And there was one year, 2013, when... Uh, they were doing 10 shows in London. And I said, look, can I be part of the the gang and kind of, you know, do do all 10? Because there were a few acts who did all of them. And he said, yeah, but you've, you've got to do something new because all you're doing is bits of your show, which is fine. But, you know, come on. Um, and so I, I did a 10-minute routine cooking on irons, which I did at that. And it worked really well, making pancakes on irons. And, uh, and then someone came up to me and said, are you going to Edinburgh? And I said, no. And they said, we should. And, and then it's kind of snowballed from there. And so I've done three shows cooking with non-culinary equipment. So I did one about cooking in a hotel room, one about cooking with power tools, one about cooking on the move. So uh, using, I had an engine on stage and a laptop that I converted so you can cook on the train and that sort of thing. <laughs> and um, 
and then and that's all just taken off and now I don't really do the circuit anymore and I just do these cooking shows and I think like it's such a such a story of success because you came to Edinburgh quite late even though you've been performing for oh, a really young late. age yeah I was mid 40s and, and been doing it for you're nearly 50 20. limb <laughs> but <laughs> do you just say I was nearly 50 limb I was going to say nearly 50 limb um, uh, but a lot of people of and I don't mean this this is not loaded but of your generation George, no of course yeah yeah sort well, of well I'm only nine years older than yeah. you John. We're, we're both in <laughs> our we're both in our 40s John we're for now um, <laughs> but it, it was sort of broad strokes a lot of performers who'd got into the habit of doing the circuit doing jonglers sort of would look at Edinburgh go, I'm not going up to Edinburgh all these mm. young things and they're all getting on telly and they don't deserve it because they haven't paid their dues and blah 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 and it's an attitude that keeps you stuck yeah and it perpetuates its own bitterness whereas you're a real a real example of someone who goes do you know what I'm going to try something really risky and totally new and just go up there and do it and accept it and accept the fact that there are people 10 years younger than me getting mm. lots of like press and yeah. making lots of money and stuff. And I'm going to do my thing and stick at it. And it's completely transformed your career. It really has. I mean, I think um, I've thought about it a lot. And I, I think the reason why I did it was uh, I'm a, I've, I've got three children. And I, I think the whole time I was doing the circuit, I was focusing on being a parent and putting my creativity into that. Because when I started doing comedy in the first one, I started doing street entertaining and then moving indoors and doing, you know, doing a, a very proppy, you know, comedy stand-up set. Um, once I got that to work, I just sort of let that service itself and put that energy into, into being a dad. And then I think when they, if I look at when I started doing the on-stage cooking, that coincided with them reaching their kind of, you know, late teens and not needing me in the same way. And I think it was kind of going, well, actually, I, I, I know why I got into this career in the first place. It was because I am a creative person and I do have ideas and, you know, and they're all a bit sort of absurd and outlandish and whatever else. Um, and realising, well, let's go back to that. Let's let's put that creativity into into the performing side of things. And I think that's why it happened then mm. rather than before. I think that's why I kind of plateaued for so long was because I was I was being a parent. Well, what a what a, I mean, longer than we anticipated. But what a beautiful it's the, it's the it's the it is the George Egg story. It is, yeah. and now it's like I'm your dad in a way. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's head on straight into your first choice because we can talk about pubs. We can talk about what we want your pub to look like later on. But I think let's go straight in because, and I should say this, when I first had the idea of doing The Moon Underwater, it was in Edinburgh 20, oh, yeah. 2019, 2017? 19, because 2019. Was, I remember where we were. And I wanted to record a pilot of what it would sound like. So me and George sat down in our Edinburgh flat and I got my iPhone out and I just recorded us doing what we're about to do. And I sent it to Audio Always and said, this is the podcast I want to make. And they said, do you know what you need? You need someone called Robin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I knew you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so it's so nice. It sort of feels like things have come full circle to have you here now. Um, but George, your two draft options, please. Okay. So the first one is... A pint of ordinary. Oh, George, you're going to have to riddle me this. Well, when I was in... I, I'm, I'm not from a pub family at all. My family... My, my parents didn't ever go to pubs. We'd occasionally go to a pub if we were on holiday. My dad would have a half. We'd have a half a shandy. But my, my parents... It sounds never awful. Well, <laughs> it's just how it was. They, they just weren't... It wasn't their vibe. They didn't go out to the pub with friends... They had dinner parties and they were really, they were gr brilliant parents and very creative and interesting and lovely people. But it just wasn't on my radar um, until I got to sixth form and I, I did art at a, a school. In, well, I went to a, a, a mixed uh, school, boys and girls. And then in the sixth form, uh, it was a consortium with a with a, a my school, Sedgehill, which was which was both genders. Um, uh, Forest Hill Boys and Sydenham Girls and I did and, and in the sixth form you did you, it was a much you know broader selection of subjects because they had three schools to pick from and I did art at Sydenham Girls and me and uh, the teachers and some friends used to every lunchtime we did art go to the pub with the teachers oh. which is just <laughs> I know it's great it's great and it's I felt great. so sorry for <laughs> Uh, people of that you know that age now because I, I, I assume it doesn't happen I think that's I think frowned we were, upon we were at the tail end of that because I certainly remember going for a drink with I remember the art teacher coming into the knot of rope on a Friday night yeah we'd, we would go to the pub at lunchtime yeah. I maybe had once or twice had a drink at lunchtime before going back to sixth form but it was more about the like chips and cheese than mm. <laughs> and the darts and the darts and the yeah. jukebox yeah well, this was, this was chatting with the art teachers who were such a laugh. Really nice, brilliant teachers. I mean, you know the whole thing of, you know, you remember your good teachers. And, and there was one particular, uh, a guy called Russell Gray, who uh, was the head of art there. And he was just, he was really funny, really silly, but really drove you to be, to do interesting stuff and to step outside your comfort zone. And, uh, and, and you know. Um, George, um, this is not a podcast about 
your favourite teacher? Well, he used to... Tell me about the pub! <laughs> well, we used to go... So, so we, we would go. We would go to the pub, which was called the Bricklayer's Arms. In oh, Sydney. yeah. Oh, the Bricklayer's Arms. Is yeah. that, that's not there anymore, is it? Or um, is it... I don't, I don't know. know. I haven't been past there for ages. But I've done a bit of research to find out what it... Because it isn't anymore, but it was in those days a Young's pub. Okay. So I... Because I don't know what, it, what a pint of ordinary was. Mm. I know that everyone ordered a pint of ordinary. Yeah. And so I ordered a pint of ordinary as well. And it was a kind of, you know, a, an amber bitter... Uh, and so I've had a look online, and it was a Young's pub then. And so I think it it must have been uh, Young's uh, Young's original London or London original. I can't remember. Yeah, Young's original. I think yeah. that's still uh, about. I've certainly had Young's original. It's like a classic sort of weakish, yeah, average sort of ale, like three point eight percent, quite quaffable. Yeah, and it, and and nutty. that was kind of the first kind of proper pub experience that I would frequently go to oh. with my friends. Ordinary's not a kind of an amazing name for it, is it? <laughs> no, but that's what I liked. So yeah. We used to really, but really that's the enjoy nickname, going isn't it? and ah. No, no, it's just, yeah, that people would just say a oh, pint of Ordinary as in a pint of the one I normally have or it's, that everyone has. It's a bit like there was an Indian restaurant in Oxford called Standard Tandoori. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very good. Yeah, but it's like for when you want an Indian meal that's not too good. Yeah. <laughs> Some choices like that are terrible. There's, I, I live in Brighton now, and when I drive into, it's gone. But wh when I used to drive into London up the A23, when you came, when you passed past the M25, on the left there used to be a cafe called Broken Egg Cafe, <laughs> which is just like, well, that doesn't sell it, does it? <laughs> and there's a pub in Bristol. I don't know. Is there anymore in Bedminster? It was called the Try Again. It's very bleak, isn't More it? Come choices. on, you can do it. Well. It it sounds like the sort of thing like a really mean bartender would say if you asked for a Foster's. Try again. Try again, lager boy. <laughs> oh, that'd be all sarky and nasty. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't go back. No. Um, uh, okay, so first off, a Young's original, Pint of Ordinary. What's your second draft, George? So my second one is a homemade... I don't know if you would call it a beer, even. I d a homemade, I don't know if you would call it a beer even. So here's I what it is. So I love that you're, you're inviting me into your house and you're going, John, you've got to try this. It's I homemade. Know. I don't know that you'd call it now a beer. Listen, I, <laughs> I'm I, just thinking this is going to give me diarrhea. I know, you, I know you enough post uh, this sort of beer to know that you would, you would like this because it's quite sweet. Okay. So there's a restaurant that used to be in, in Brighton called Silo. Mm -hmm. And they used to do... And they were a, a really interesting restaurant that, 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 that they, they said their, their philosophy was that they don't have a bin. They've moved to Hackney now. And so everything is recycled and it's all very ethical. And they used to serve a drink called Elderflower Ebulis is what they called it. And it was basically a sort of almost like a homemade ginger beer, but made with elderflower. Mm. So it's like a sort of a very young elderflower wine, but you would drink it in larger quantities than you drink wine. Because it's only about sort of six, seven percent, something like that. Yeah. And in lockdown, I made a barrel of it. Ooh. Because it, we, we, lockdown was a brilliant time for me. I know a, a lot of people had a, a, a lousy. <laughs> no, no, no. no but, but what I mean is, a lot of people had, you know, a, a really tough time. But but for people who had the luxury of family around them, and you know, you know, my my job involves loads of driving around and being away and actually suddenly being forced to be at home with my family for many months at a time was actually really nice oh and yeah, um, a big totalizer on the wall for the deaths didn't you 
Yes, yes, but we made it. And it was such a lovely family project. Come, come down in the morning with your red Sharpie, check, <laughs> checking the .gov website. Yeah. You'd look at your family and go... Oh. Oh. Uh, but anyway, we made we made this. So this elder. So what you do is you basically ferment a sugar solution steeped in elderflower with lemon in there, uh, and it makes this kind of pale green, cloudy beer. Mm. That when you first drink it, it's it's quite sweet and it gets drier, and um, it's just absolutely fantastic. And we and in fact, so here's the thing. So uh, my son designed the label to go on the barrel. We had a big big plastic barrel of it uh, and he designed a really nice label and of course what else has he designed well the logo and the artwork for the moon underwater it's yeah. sen yeah uh, exactly. which we can see now on uh, an unlicensed t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> which uh. is so not only not only could he attract uh, the uh, the legal uh, mass of of audio always but also my son's estate could s could <laughs> sue you sir for taking money out of hard-working creatives pockets uh, however in fairness to you uh that is a good idea and we will do it <laughs> it's brilliant and i've already sent him a photo and he's very impressed yeah. um it's um, very well yes, rendered. so that's so that is uh so that's the second one so in the pub there is going to be there's going to be, you know, the 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 uh, pint of ordinary on a, on a nice pull down mm. draft uh, pump, but there's also going to be a big plastic keg on the bar with a tap that opens up and people go, "Can I get a half of elderflower elbulus, please?" Elbulus, elbulus, e b u l u s, which I think is the name given to it by the people who made it. I don't think elbulus okay. is actually a word, but we we just called it that as well. Lovely I think stuff. I think the original was made by if people do want to seek it out uh, a place called oh the wild something wild tree wild tree brewery in Brighton I'm not sure I I'll, I'll tell you what I'll, do, I'll double check that In a nice pub 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 George we move on to your cans and bottles okay So the first bottle is ginger wine. Oh, Ooh. George. Stones? Um, yes, yeah, stones. Not crabbies. I don't like the, the one that says... Well, I tell you what, here's the thing that's funny. Stones ginger wine says it's green ginger wine. Crabby's ginger wine says it's green ginger wine. Crabby's is green. Stones is brown. And it's in a, but it's in a green bottle. Oh, there, what isn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so why... You were the first person to introduce me to ginger wine in Edinburgh. That's half why. Yeah, well, no, but I'm just, just setting the scene for ginger wine noobs because... The, for the, the soft fans. For yeah. the soft fans, because the first time you taste ginger wine, you think, okay, this is my thing now because mm. this is so delicious. But you can't half get through it. And <laughs> also... It's like remarkably cheap. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it's, it's like £3.50 a bottle, and it's what, 10%? Uh, I think it's more like about 16, 17%. Yeah, it's stronger it's, than wine. Here. So oh. there does come a point in your ginger wine journey. Mm. What's this? Ginger wine. You, <laughs> 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 Did, is that the bell ringing one? 
is that just a bonus bonus one? There is there is a point on your ginger wine journey where you actually I remember have just drinking it from the bottle and thinking this no this is sort of this has gone wrong. Oh no, sure. <laughs> it is it's one that yeah, you could you could ruin it. Yeah. You know, well, especially in your early if, years. For for those people who are looking for the sort of the cheapest alcohol hit yeah. that's palatable, ginger wine is up there. Yeah. So it's got this sort of weird mix of being used in some quite fancy cocktails, but also sort of drunk next to bins. I think what it what it is for me what it is for me is it's it's fucking hell man. It's so nice. <laughs> I know. Can I have Do a, you know I, I, I tell you what it is. It. I tell you what it is. So it's wow. the drink that my parents let us have. You know, like, you know, little, oh, do you want a tiny ginger wine when it's, you know, Christmas Eve or whatever? Mm, that's and, beautiful. And do you, know what it, do you know what it is for me? When, you, when you're a child and you see someone drinking whiskey on TV or on oh, a film, yeah. you go, I bet that's great. Yeah. I bet that's amazing. And then you try it and you go, it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. Ginger wine tastes like what a child thinks whiskey tastes like yeah, when they see it being used. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I think other drinks that fall into that category would be like a sweet sherry. Amaretto. Yeah. Amaretto. Yeah. Um, the, what's but I that? think there's something about the ginger as well, because you have got that kind of, that slight rasp. Slight burn. Of the throat, yeah. Of the um, cherry brandy falls into that category, I think. I love the way you've got so many of these. Yeah, well, it's... <laughs> as someone who's been consistently disappointed by the reality of spirits straight, I think those, like... 16 to 20 percent liqueurs have have I've, I've just get into them too much and i think well we're one step away from the gutter really john <laughs> oh no, no no completely they are a real yeah for that so for i sort the, of they used to be through them all there used to be a, a wine in uh sainsbury's that the, their kind of real budget wine that used to say for the table not the cellar right and i and i think ginger wine should have a label that says for the park bench, not the table. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's interesting because you know I think we've had a couple of guests choose that jammy or jam shed red wine. Jammy red rue. And have you seen their new? Have you seen you know jam shed? Which is yeah. Awesome. Have yeah. you seen their new advertising slogan? No. It's 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 wine for drinking, not thinking, or something like that. Wow. It's like uh, not for drinking. I don't think drinking, not overthinking. I don't like think that. they realise sort of how poetic <laughs> that is. Yeah. Because we we're all essentially drinking. drinking to avoid thinking. Yeah. We? Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. uh, superb choice, George. How do you drink ginger wine? Do you just have it like that? As sort of a yeah, double or triple? Yeah, just have a little, a little, a little glass of ginger wine. Because doesn't it form the basis of a whiskey mac? Yeah, but yes, I'm not. Yeah. The thing is, I, 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 I try with whiskey every year. I try, I give whiskey another chance. Yeah, yeah. And I buy one, I buy quite a fancy one, and I just kind of go, it just doesn't. Do you I cook with whiskey with at all? Not really, no. I'll cook with brandy, mm. but whiskey doesn't seem. To, I mean, I've put it in things, but. There's it a very good Nigel Slater recipe with Southern Comfort. Uh, <laughs> what, what does he do with it? Uh, but roast pork belly. It's very nice. Yeah, I bet yeah. that would work. Yeah. A lot of sugar in it, so that'd go with pork belly, mm, wouldn't it? Yeah. What's your favourite recipe that booze plays a big part in? Uh, mussels. Yeah? Mm. Yeah, just wine with mussels. And maybe, or maybe even a bit of perno in there. 
Perno. Yeah, a little bit of perno in there. Now, I'm, now, now I've said perno, I'm looking at my spirits thinking <laughs> maybe I should have put perno in. Um, I might actually. I might tell us about mind. the uh, the snack hat cocktail. Uh, which one? I think it's Prosecco and Calippos. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Do, does well, everyone know what... Well, I, what better, I, better, I, sh- I think I should tell people what Snack Hacker Snack Hacker is, is yes, yeah. So Snack Hacker came about in lockdown. And do you know what? Lockdown's going to come up in the next one as well. It's all about lockdown. You're but Captain Lockdown, aren't you? I, I am tonight. Were you, were you in Wuhan about sort of like... Uh, <laughs> August 2019? I've got... I really want to start a YouTube channel. What's Wuhan? <laughs> Oh, I saw where it came from, of course. Wuhan <laughs> province. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, what was the question again? Um, t- tell us about Snack Hacker. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it came from lockdown. So, I, I, uh, by November 2020, I, uh, having not got on stage for ages, thought I need to do something creative. So, I started making these little videos called Snack Hacker, which I put on Instagram where I, two minutes long each, where I interfered with existing snacks. So I, I get like a Greg's pasty. Well, the first episode, I get a Greg's pasty. That makes it sound like in. you've been brought in for questioning. <laughs> 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 I, I, well, there is, I, I, I did one episode where I did talk about interfering and made it sound like it was like that. But um, uh, nibbled the edge off the pasty, opened it up, put some pickled jalapenos in. That was the first step, which I know you particularly... And uh, and then uh, edit and talked about it. That was it. Two minutes. Uh, made a, a set of uh, a, a volume of seven. The second one, my guest was a certain John Robbins. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't been asked back. Guilty. You have. We're going to do one while we're here. We are. Yeah. Um, uh, which was your invention? Which is the. I don't know, it was hammered, George. It was the, <laughs> McDonald's, the McDonald's Affogato. The McDonald's Affogato. Sorry, Affogato. Hey! Oh! oh. oh. Whoa! Um, which is a double espresso poured onto a McFlurry. Exactly. And, and it works it is, so You well. would pay so much oh, no. well, that for that, and it doesn't taste as good as it tastes from a McDonald's. And yeah. I would recommend the flake uh, or plain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, so... <laughs> yes, 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 <laughs> and yes. But uh, uh, so anyway, so I made a, a volume of those, put them out on uh, Instagram, and they they flew. They uh, got picked up by. Well, I did another volume, and that got picked up by Lab Bible, who put some edits out. And I'm now at 66 or 67 episodes, and um, uh, I've got, gone up from 4,000 followers to 57,000, and getting work from it and yeah and it's just become this whole new thing it's such an example of how much good stuff happens by creating not complaining Mm. and it's easy I think when your living is taken away from you to sort of wail and gnash your teeth uh, as opposed to going okay what can I do what have I got what have I got access to what do I love what can I create and look at who you are and here you are now I mean I was in a privileged Position, you know, I mean, it wasn't like it was. Oh, yeah, you won the lottery, money. didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you won 103 million euros. I, fa- I found a wallet behind a little old lady that she <laughs> might, might have dropped. Um, no, 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 exactly. But I think, you know, if, if anyone sort of feels trapped or locked in a, in a place, it's easy to sort of. to r- 
So I'll, st- I'll just stop saying that. Um, <laughs> do, it's a, do you ever do that on live radio? You are. Do you ever do that on live radio? Yeah. It'd be so Listen good. to the show. But, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but you were proactive and you were creative. Yeah. And nothing bad ever happens from being cre- yeah. creative. Yeah. And I've I come up say. with, by being... By, by it becoming successful and being forced to come up with more stuff has meant that then I've come up with loads of things that I would no way have come up with otherwise, yeah. you know, just playing around with ingredients and so experimenting. your final choice before we head to the quiz and uh, the, the end of the first episode, George, so far you've got Pint of Ordinary, Young's Original, you've got Elderflower Abulis, yeah. and you've got Ginger Wine. So what's your second can or bottle? So uh, in... Lockdown, a friend of mine called Andy started a brewery in Brighton called Abyss. And it was, it was in its real infancy, they were looking to get um, uh, premises and they were just brewing underneath a pub in Lewis, just outside Brighton. And he used to come round with the beer that, he was, that they were experimenting making. They're both called Andy, the guys, but Andy Bridge is the one who I was friends with, I'm, I'm friends with. And he... Um, he would bring round bottles of this beer called Tropical Thunder. Oh, hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> hear ye. Am I and going to uh, hear ye this? Am I going to hear this beer are. in my mouth? You, yeah. you're, gonna, you're gonna hear it right in your mouth. Am I gonna listen to it with the tongue of the ear? <laughs> gotta, gotta say I'm glad it's not the abulist, to be fair. I mean that did that sounded oh, interesting. You like the abulist. Really? But yeah. anyway, but here's the George, thing. So he used to George, say George, so whoa, whoa, I know, whoa, I know, whoa, I know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is six point two percent. Are you a are you a drug dealer? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the free one. But um but no, he would bring round <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is really good stuff. He would, oh, right. he, but he would bring it round. It was just so sweet. So he, there would be a ring on the doorbell. Yeah. And and you'd open the front door, and there'd be a, a essentially a sort of one liter milk bottle, with with a just with a handwritten label on saying Tropical Thunder. Or he'd bring around different ones every now and then, but Tropical Thunder was the one that he brought around most frequently. And then he'd be at the end of the path because it was social distancing, and he'd go, "Do you want to try that out?" And we 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 started calling him the Naughty Milkman. <laughs> and, you know and this is this tastes of lockdown this beer to do me. you know what I, I like about this so Abyss Brewing Tropical Thunder IPA 6.2% mm. it's got a really nice label it's that it's that nice sort of printed label on a just a plain sort of and aluminium also can. I have to say that his girlfriend uh, designs the label so again it's another yeah. nice little you know friendly but what I like is that it's it just gives the the sort of logo the ingredients it says vegan store cold drink fresh gives the address and the sort of details there's not a load of bump yeah there's not a load of sort of slightly quirky yes. text on it jokes or anything yeah yeah it's just I, I do appreciate I, you know there's no wackaging Exactly. What what there is is good packaging or gackaging. <laughs> or good packaging. No, that, no, that's that does packaging sound like again. something a drug dealer would use, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you a free sample wrapped up in yeah. gackaging. Um, 
could I get a little glass? Yeah, can um, I get a glass as well? Thanks. Please, to decant. I'm all right. Yeah, Robinson. Because <laughs> actually, actually, that's another thing, which maybe we'll come on to when we talk about the, the pub itself, but I'm really particular about glassware. Yes. You are particular yeah. about glassware, and, and we will and talk in the second section yeah. about a little competition and we had like one year in Edinburgh. I'm going to pour this now. I'm going to taste. Mine. That is lovely. I'm going to taste the tropical abyss. It's got a lovely fruity smell. Oh, tropical thunder! Sorry, not tropical abyss. Tropical abyss. <laughs> Such a weird name for a, a beer. And it's really smooth, isn't it? And 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 uh, do you know? What? I think it almost tastes like there's a lot of grapefruit in there. It almost tastes like you want to say, "How long have you had this orange juice?" Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. got that kind of. It's like a breakfast beer. Yeah. It doesn't taste um, strong. It doesn't like no, knock it you around. It, it, it does on the really out breath. <laughs> on the out breath. On the out breath. When you breathe out after a big mouthful, you can, oh, you I want can that feel the, the alcohol. One, Isn't that nice? And imagine, imagine how exciting it would be to have your doorbell ring when you're not really supposed to see people and see that where the milk would be. Mm. <laughs> It's actually, it's got quite a creamy texture. Hasn't it? It's got it's very got creamy lovely, aftertaste. You know, I, I'd, I'd, I'd say it's got a very nice mouthfeel. Yeah. Oh, George, you've hit the absolute N on the H. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a lovely Mike Foxtrot, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, superb choices from George Egg. Uh, pint of Ordinary, Elderflower, Abulis, Ginger Wine, and Abyss Brewing, Tropical Thunder. But what I, I can feel, George... Our brain cells diminish as yeah. we quaff these I mean, drinks. Uh, while that was happening, I just sniffed the microphone, thinking it was the beer. <laughs> <laughs> Already having an effect. Um, so we must head over, before we become big thickos, uh, to the Moon Underwater Pub Quiz. Okay, everybody. Pens out, eyes down. It's time for the quiz. Played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger. That wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey had been deducted five points. Thank you. Welcome to the Moon Underwater Pub Quiz. It's a little bit different this week. It's not about trivia. It's more of a skills test. Yes, I'll be putting your culinary skills to the test, just like Marcus Waring, except instead of Marcus Waring, I will be saying cooking instead of saying cookery. You see, it's dull. It's really, really annoys me when he says that. Uh, really annoys me. So, <laughs> and I said, John and George, three culinary challenges, and you have to tell me how you would best tackle them, and I will decide, with the help of the audience, who has created the best imaginary dish or thing. So, I will read out the challenges, and you can have a think about them in the break, and in part two, we'll hear your answers. So, question one. It's a classic as old as time, but history became legend, legend became myth. What I want to know is, is there a definitive method for poaching eggs? There is so much misinformation out there. I want to hear your techniques. I want you to, de to debunk received wisdom. I want the ultimate platonic poached egg, as it would be served by the oracle at Delphi. The best answer wins. <laughs> okay, have a think. Que <laughs> Question two, question two, cheese on toast, what is it? <laughs> uh, it's cheese with toast beneath it, or is it? 
we've we've provided you with an imaginary larder with every ingredient in the world in it, and I want you to tell me how you would plus up cheese on toast to an astral plane. I, w I want you to make the best cheese on toast that has ever been created in your minds and describe it to me. The best answer wins. Okay, question three. You're at a train station. Your train leaves in ten minutes, giving you just enough time to go on the rampage in M&S. <laughs> what are you buying? You've got an infinite budget. Do you, a train journey, let's say, London to Bristol. Right, an hour and a half, hour and 45. Best answer wins. So you're thinking journey juice, you're thinking snacks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how's that sound to you guys? Uh, it sounds like a challenge I'm looking forward to having a go on. Brilliant. Sounds good, sounds good, sounds good. Cool. I don't think we should have an infinite budget because you just buy the whole M&S though. Okay, but ten bear in mind you've got 10 minutes though, so... 20 quid. 20 quid, yeah, 20 yeah. quid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bit, of satire, bit of satire from the bar there. That's about two things. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Great, and that's the quiz. Uh, great quiz. An interesting quiz. Uh, and what a treat it's been so far, George, to discuss your dream pub. We've got a pint of ordinary Young's original. We've got elderflower ebulis. We've got ginger wine and abyss brewing tropical thunder from the naughty milkman. It has to be. And in fact, actually, in the pub, uh, although we've had these in cans, it has to come in a large, what looks like a big milk bottle. From uh, the... From Andy. From, from the lockdown firkin. Yes. yes. And that is, well, that, I mean, that just is what it was. Yeah. Uh, so we will take a break now. Just a reminder, if you want access to these scintillating electric live events, do uh, go to moonunderpod.com. And uh, subscribe to us on Patreon because all of these people here, these beloved patrons, have contributed to the upkeep of this pub. We also offer you a bonus podcast behind the cellar door. And we speak to a barman from the Dagda itself on an upcoming behind the cellar door. So we go behind the cellar, behind the cellar door. And uh, you also get unedited, extended, ad-free episodes of this podcast. So, George, we thank you. We'll see you in part two. It's interval time now, so grab a drink. Thank you very much. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. 
And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.